You know, it's, it's neat to watch our children as they, as they talk and as they do what they do because that's their worship to God. And it, it, it's, there's so much that we can learn from children. You know, I, I wish, you know, with these two little girls, with Tia and, and Sierra, that we could forgive just as easily as children do. Remember when we were children, we could forgive quickly? You could fight in the morning, but by late afternoon, you're best friends again. I remember when uh, we were playing soccer this one time with uh, all of us as cousins and friends. And I, I didn't really know the rules of soccer. So w- one of the uh, kids, I guess it was my cousin, he kicked a soccer ball and, and it accidentally hit my forearm. And we kept playing. And he said, okay, no, it hit your arm. And I'm thinking, so? Let's just keep playing. It's not like we're in the World Soccer Cup Championship. We're, we're just playing out here in the field. And he said, no, 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 it hit your arm, so it's no good. We, 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 it's it's our, our turn, our ball. And I didn't understand. I said, who cares? Now, if you tell a soccer player who cares when it hits your arm and they're a, they're a fan of the sport, that's, that's like telling them they have no idea what they're doing. And so he got offended. And then he said this, well, you like fight. And I said, oh, uh, because of that? And so he kicked me and I punched him. And then our cousins broke us up and then, you know, then nobody plays anymore. Then it's kind of awkward because you're all still hanging out, but you're not talking with one another. But we had this thing called a boom box. Any of you remember what that is, a boom box? Yeah, it's a really huge iPod. And it took like 8 or 12 D batteries. The battery was bigger than an iPhone right now. But the batteries were running low and so someone said, go get the batteries. It's at so-and-so's house. And nobody wanted to go. I said, you know, I'll go and get it. So I got it. But the problem was, the cousin that I fought with, it was his radio. It was his boombox. So I had to actually touch it and put the batteries in it. And so I didn't know what to do. I said, can I put the batteries in? He goes, I guess. You know, because we both want to hear music. So we gotta, there has to be some common denominator. And so he said, I guess. So I open it up, and I, I, I'm trying to put the batteries in. And, and he says, you're putting it in wrong. And I said, well, how am I supposed to put it in? And he said, oh, let me show you. You know, you're still mad at each other, but you still want to get this thing working. And so we, we got the batteries in, and everything was working good. And then we turned on the radio, and then music started playing. One love, one heart, one heart. Give thanks and praise to the Lord. You know that song. Well, some of you might know that song. Well, this song was playing and, and you know, everybody starts getting into it. It's, it's just a song that everybody liked. And, and then after a while, one of our older cousins tells us, okay, kiss and make up. Kiss and make up. And then we had to shake hands and then we were done. And then we were best friends again. And I thought about that. I said, why is it that when we become adults, forgiveness is not that easy? Why do we hang on to it for years, sometimes decades? Why is it? You know, God gives us some instruction on how to deal with forgiveness. Now, some of us will be on one side of forgiveness where we give forgiveness. And then some of us will be on the other side where we ask for forgiveness. So there's a common denominator here. On one side, you ask the other side, you give, but really, it's to forgive. 
It's right in the middle. You'll be on one side or the other. Now, this morning, as we talk about forgiveness, you're going to battle with some things. Because people will already come into your mind. You'll already think of, well, you know, they wronged me. I didn't wrong them. And then you'll go back and forth on, on who should forgive who. Or you'll kind of justify and say, I don't need to ask or give forgiveness because it wasn't my fault. Whatever side you're on still keeps us a prisoner. Whatever side. It doesn't matter if we need to give forgiveness or to ask for forgiveness. Because the common denominator is to forgive. Somebody has to make a move. And it's interesting that most of us will be like how these little girls were. They will say, you know, you tell her, tell me sorry. I'm not going to tell her sorry. Or you'll say, well, he should apologize to me. He's the one that did this. Or you, you'll go back and forth. That who should go first? It is so critical that we understand who goes first. Because that will release any one of us from saying they need to go first. In fact, guess who went first? God. God was the one who initiated forgiveness. He said, you know, I know, I know how you can be as human beings, so I will go first. I will set it up to where you can give forgiveness freely. See, forgiveness is the glue that keeps relationships together. That's why little children can stay best friends even though they go through their grumbling or their arguments because forgiveness keeps the relationship together. There's so many things that come into our lives that will cause strife or, or separation or, or a, a kind of mindset that says, I'm not going to move one inch. It's their fault. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything because it's up to them. But God gave us a way to continue to have strong relationships, and it's through the word forgiveness. See, we're going to learn the power of the cross and, and how God offers forgiveness, how God forgave us of our sins, and how important it is for us to understand why forgiveness is that valuable. If you're reading with us through our devotions, you're going to find that God provides a city called a city of refuge. Now, if you're reading with us in our devotions, you'll find that they entered the promised land and, and now they're, they're giving out the land to all the different tribes. And then God says, you know what? Set a city on the side. Set a city on the side and, and this city shall be called a city of refuge. This is where the people who have committed a crime or have sinned unintentionally or have done harm to someone, they can flee to so that the avenger doesn't get them. In other words, he provided a place so that these people can heal up. And these people can heal up. So that the anger hopefully would subside. See, there comes a point in everyone's life that the need to forgive becomes more important than staying there. Everyone will come to a place in, that, in their lives. But where do we go from this point? Why can't we just stay mad? Why can't we just stay hurt? Why, why can't we just feel like how we feel? Well, you can do whatever you want. But don't you want God's very best for yourself? Don't you, don't, aren't you tired of, of being imprisoned by this thing called unforgiveness? Now, here's the heart of God. God will always provide 
a place of refuge. He will always do that. In fact, if you're taking notes, can you write this in, number one? That God always provides refuge instead of revenge. He will always provide. He will always provide a common denominator or he'll provide a place that we can flee to. And that's what he did back then. God provided a city for the people to find refuge in time of revenge. For some reason, it feels good when we take revenge on someone. It just feels good, but not in the long run. The Bible says in Joshua 20, verses 1 through 4, it's in your notes. The Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he flees to one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city as one of them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. Now, this city, this city of refuge, the refuge was a place for protection and giving shelter to the criminals or those who were indebted. It was like a sanctuary, a place to retreat, a place that they could find cover and security. Another definition could be, and it's an institute for the care of the destitute or sick, especially the insane. Unforgiveness can drive us insane. God says, I'm setting it up so that you could have a place of refuge. See, revenge may feel good at the time but it'll eventually destroy you. I look at revenge kind of like a narcotic. It can, it can give you a quick feel-good with long-term negative effects. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is like a booster shot, a quick sting with long-term positive effects. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to forgive. It's, there's that little sting of, of saying, I forgive you, or please forgive me. There's that short sting, but I tell you, the, the end result and the, the, the positive effects thereafter is so much greater than that quick sting. And that's what we want to learn about this thing called forgiveness. Pastor Charlie uh, spoke last week, and I'm so thankful that he got to speak and, and shared such a powerful word. And, and one thing that he said is, if, if we want to receive the promised land, then we've got to do things we've never done. We're going to have to do something we've never done. Because God wants to take us somewhere. We just, uh, uh, we were in the Philippines, uh, that's why uh, I, w- I was gone. And I, I had the privilege of speaking at our... Uh, one of our New Hope churches uh, in the city of Lawag. Now, if you're familiar with the Philippines, it's, it's the northwest side. And while we were there, uh, we were at the airport and traveling, and there was this little child screaming, screaming on the ground. You know, one of those, are the, and it's like fake cry already, no tears. And I guess it was just the, the mom and him and his two brothers. Now, the two brothers, are just, they're playing with each other. They're a little bit older. But this little kid is just going, ma, ma, ma. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching Heidi. 
because, you know, she's very patient with little kids. And I don't know if she wants to help. I don't, you know, you're in a foreign country, so I didn't know if, could we help? And, you know, if we help, then I don't know. Hey, you not leave the kids alone. And you get arrested for, because we don't know. So we just said, okay, we just got to watch and make sure everything's okay. Well, as a parent, as a parent, I don't know how we used to do this when our kids were young. Like we tune them out. We just turn the volume down because you're concentrating on something else. You're, you're screaming and crying and the mom is smiling and, and you know, making your reservations. And, and then the, because the line had to move, the kid has to get up. Now he runs to his mom and starts punching her in the legs. And starts hitting her in the back. I'm watching Heidi at this point. I said, Heidi, if he was in Hawaii, you would do something. Yeah, she goes, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That kid would be getting lickings right now. Don't you ever punch your mother. Don't you ever punch your mother. That's what... And, but we, were, we, we couldn't do anything. But she was done and then she picked him up. She picked him up. And I guess like only a mom can, just did one of these. You know, bounced him. While she's still doing whatever she needs to do. And then he was calm. He was done. He was comforted. And then he just laid asleep in her arms. And I thought, how, how is that possible? This kid was dying. Now he's fast asleep in his mother's arms. And I looked at that and I thought, that's just like God. And we're just like that little kid. <laughs> we kick and we scream at God and, and we say, why this, why that? And, and God says, well, you need to forgive. And we say, no, we don't want to, we don't want to. Sometimes we even kick and scream at God. Not just with one another. It's like God has to pick us up. And he does. And he picks us up in his arms. He says, everything is going to be all right. It's going to be okay. God gives us comfort. See, God will always provide refuge instead of revenge. He provided his one and only son. And he says, here's where you turn to when you want to seek revenge. He's our refuge. He comforts us. He changes our, our environment when that happens. Everything changes. And so does our attitude toward forgiveness. See, once we understand the love of God, then forgiveness makes more sense. Because we forgive out of a love for God. Not due to results or what we want to feel. It's, it's out of a love for God. And number two, you can write that in, that forgiveness is an act of love. That's what forgiveness is. God didn't forgive us because He had to. He forgave us because he loves us. It's an act of love. It's not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action and so is forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a feeling. You don't forgive because you feel like it. You forgive out of love. It's an action that we do. Yeah, but I just don't, I don't have enough in me to do that. That's where your faith in God comes in. Your trust in God comes in. Look at how the Bible says it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Watch. Stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with what? Love. Yeah, one thing remains, love. His love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on us. His love remains. Mother Teresa said it this way, faith keeps the person who keeps faith. See, it all comes back to our faith in God. The more you put your faith in the love of God, the more power you will have 
to forgive because it's not going to be our power. It's going to be because of the love of God. It's going to be because He's doing something in and through us that we cannot see in the future. He's saying, I'm doing something in your life that you do not see, but forgiveness needs to happen because you're the prisoner, not the other person. Now, here's the reality. That every single relationship that we have will all differ in distance. Some people are close to us. Some people will be far from us. But forgiveness is the glue that keeps all our relationships together. Whether they're far or close, whether they're your best friends or an acquaintance or or someone at work, forgiveness is the glue that keeps relationships together. And it may be hard to give forgiveness or to ask for forgiveness, but just work on one thing at a time, little at a time. Go one step at a time. Pray and ask God for the strength to do so, for the opportunity, for the right words. Practice with God. Get into His Word because you'll find words of affirmation, words that can encourage, words that will help to forgive or to ask for forgiveness. I was reading this comic strip uh, because I love reading and sometimes I have to turn to this kind of uh, really uh, doctrinal reading, uh, Charlie Brown. And Charlie Brown was uh, at bat and... It was strike three. And so he struck out again, went back to the bench and slumped down. Sadly, he responded, rats, I'll never be a big league player. I just don't have it. All my life, I've dreamed of playing the big leagues, but I know I'll never make it. Of course, Lucy's always around. So Lucy turns to console him. She says, Charlie Brown, you're thinking too far ahead. What you need to do is set yourself some immediate goals. Charlie Brown looked up and said, immediate goals? Lucy responded, yes. Start with this next inning when you go out to pitch. See if you can walk out, Charlie Brown, without falling down first. Now, for some of us, forgiveness is, it may be a big league step for you. But you, you, you start with one inning at a time. Just see if you can walk without falling. Just one step at a time. Start with loving God. Picture, imagine the freedom. Imagine what life could be like. Remember, forgiveness is not for the other person. It is for you. We're the ones in prison. They're fine. They're free. We're the ones who are imprisoned. I look at unforgiveness like like. Leaving our car lights on. That's unforgiveness. Leaving our car lights on. Thinking it's going to ruin someone else's car. And then when we need to start our car, our engine doesn't turn. Our car doesn't start. Our car doesn't go anywhere. That's unforgiveness. But God says, I want you to switch that around. That I want you to understand that forgiveness is for you, not the other person. It helps get your life started. Don't stay a prisoner. The last thing, number three, just like that car battery, don't let unforgiveness drain my life. You may not realize it, but it is slowly draining the life out of you. And if you, maybe you've noticed 
That there's something not right in your life when a certain person is around or when a certain holiday comes around or like Easter coming up, that when the family comes together, there's just that that aching something inside, that something is not right. And it's usually because unforgiveness is just draining the life out of us. Life is too short not to forgive. It's just too short. But, But some of us would say, well, you know, I'll just keep it in. I'll just keep it all in, and then, and then in time, it'll die and go away. No, no, in time, you will die and go away. Time doesn't heal everything. God does. Time may help, but it doesn't heal everything. See, when God provided this place, this city of refuge, He was saying, yeah, it's going to take some time. Yeah, yeah, time does help. But it's going to be me who provides the forgiveness. It's going to be me who provides the place. It's going to be my spirit. It's not going to be location or where you are. It helps, but that's not going to be the source. It's going to be me. See, when we have this thing called unforgiveness boiling up inside, then, then everything that comes out of it, everything that comes out of our life, out of our heart, has that unforgiveness attached to it. Then when we speak to people, when we say things, it it comes across different. It's just a different heart behind it. The Bible says it like this in Psalm 39. It says, I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle, while the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace, even from good. And my sorrow was stirred up. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am? Life is too short to let unforgiveness drain the energy and life out of us. We were uh, eating at this one restaurant uh, in the Philippines, and I grew up around Filipino food. I just never ate it. So when we're eating at the restaurants, I don't know what to order. But they had this one night that they had like a, a, like a hot plate where you could put a pot on it, and it would be boiling water, and one had spice in it, so it was a little you know, spicy. One was just regular like chicken broth. And then you would get the raw foods, and then you could put it in it. Well, uh, I don't know what their codes are, you know, with electricity and things like that. But apparently they're running 220, the voltage. And uh, the extension cords wasn't like how we have extension cords. It was just straight out of the wall. Now, I'm not, I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying this is what I've observed. And they just ran wires and duct taped it to the wall so it could go around certain areas. So that's how it was. And so I'm looking at Heidi. I'm like, is this like safe? She's like, I guess this is how they do it. Well, as they're cooking, one pot just, we see a spark and everybody, (laughs) Mabuhai, long live. And, and then the guy went to unplug the socket and, and it just, you know, blew up and, and smoke in the air and nobody like freaked out. And I'm thinking maybe, maybe this happens in this restaurant. I don't know. But Heidi and I were there, and we were just thinking, well, so what do we do? I mean, is ours going to blow up? But no one, no one really like, freaked out. Everyone was calm. 
And then they fixed some things, they got everything up and running, and then it was good to go. And I thought, that's kind of like unforgiveness. That unforgiveness will just pull a lot of wattage out of us, a lot of volts out of us. It'll it'll just keep draining us, and then all of a sudden, our life will just short-circuit. Then there's no power. There's none. Because this thing called unforgiveness has shorted our life, even the life that God promised us. Now, some of us, some of us may be thinking, that was my Filipino accent. Some of us may be thinking, but I can't forgive. I just can't. It's too hard. Charles Schwab said it like this. When a man has put a limit on what he can do, then he has put a limit on what he will do. So if you're already saying, well, I can't, then you're probably right. You see, you must be able to see the benefits of forgiveness in order for you to move in that direction. If you don't see the benefits and the promises, then you'll never move. If you don't forgive, the Bible says this, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. And I thought, wait a minute, that's some powerful words. How can it be that if I don't forgive, you won't forgive me? It's like God is saying, well, you can't give away anything you don't own. So how can you expect me to forgive you if you're not willing to forgive someone else? See, God is all about relationships. It's all connected in this thing called relationship. Neither will He forgive us. See, God offers forgiveness so freely so that we can forgive others too. We don't need to pay the price for forgiveness. Jesus did that on the cross. He paid the price for all of our sins Every single one of them, past, present, and future. And he says, now it's your turn to do the same. And God is saying, I'll give you the power. Because that's what the cross was all about. And I've given you the power to forgive. Because now when you do that, you can understand my forgiveness for you. God will give us the power to forgive. He fights for us, the Bible says, so that we don't have to fight anymore. That He he gives us forgiveness freely. Joshua 23, verse 3 says, You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations. And He's speaking to them because they already have given out the land and they're in the promised land. He says, You've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. And then it says, for the Lord your God is He who has fought for you. We, sometimes we think we're in this alone with this thing called forgiveness. We're not. God does the fighting for us. But it's our, our responsibility to walk in this thing called forgiveness. We can forgive. Why? Because Jesus forgave us. We did worse things to Jesus Christ. But remember what He said on the cross? Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. We don't know what we're doing half the time. And so do other people. They may not know what they were doing. That's why forgiveness is so important. Psalm 130, verse 4. Here's the hope. 
The Bible says, but you offer, let's say this word together, ready, go, forgiveness, that we might learn to what? Fear you. See, forgiveness is something that we learn. It's not something that comes automatically. He offers us forgiveness, but we must take a hold of it. My question to you today is that will you take a hold of His forgiveness? Will you take a hold of His love and His heart so that this thing called unforgiveness doesn't keep robbing you of the life that God promised you? When He offered them and built the city of refuge, and He says, you are to flee here. It's kind of like a, a foreshadow of what Jesus is all about. Then he says, now, because of my son, you flee to him. Because he's your refuge in time of storm. He'll protect you. He'll comfort you. And he'll be there through the storms, even when we don't feel like giving forgiveness. I pray this morning that we would be people who forgive. Amen.